Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And this is the next in our series of off-season preview 2022 season recap. Team by team going all 32 with you before free agency. So please do listen to each and every one of those. If you like the team, if you don't like the team, if you've heard of the team, haven't heard of the team, something for you to learn on each of our 32 podcasts here this particular podcast luke may be my favorite of the offseason we've been trying to keep these in the 15 to 20 minute range folks buckle up this one is going to go long because it includes one of our favorite players and not for his on-field performance and not be well i'm lying we hate this guy his name is russell wilson and the denver broncos have brought him in paid him a gazillion dollars gave him an office and a I don't know, all kinds of awful, awful, awful things and got awful, awful, awful results. And as my favorite person in the world says, if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. The Denver Broncos fall in that category with uh, the quarterback position they find themselves in. Luke, tell us about their 2022 season. Yeah, uh, under my notes for this, I just put lol. Is that a good summary of the (laughs) Denver Broncos season? I mean, they were five and 12. I mean, listen. If you're a Broncos fan listening to this, you you have my sympathies. You're in a, you're in a pretty brutal spot. But five and twelve last off season, another of these AFC West All Star teams that were going to take the world by storm just twelve scant months ago, or slightly you know slightly uh, fewer, depending on where you want to measure it from. Nathaniel Hackett comes in. Russell Wilson's traded for. Given the ridiculously expensive contract, the Broncos have got a great defense. This is the guy who's going to take them over the top, elevate the young receivers. Blah blah blah. Obviously let Russ cook. Yeah, let him cook. And what happened was that uh, the owner of the restaurant decided to fire the head chef, which was Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> uh, and he was ushered out the door mid-season. Russell Wilson was dreadful. The offense was the worst in the NFL by points per game. 16.9 points per game, which is spectacularly oh. bad. Um, Wilson had the worst completion percentage of his career. He had the lowest number of touchdowns of his career. He had the second lowest yards per attempt of his career. He threw 11 interceptions. He missed a game or two in there as well with injuries slash I'm not playing well itis. Um, He just looked pretty old in the main. He only ran for 277 yards. You know, I think the days of him as this mobile quarterback are probably in the rearview mirror. That's the biggest fear if you're a Broncos fan. It's just the eye test was... Awful. Awful. So a tough spot to be in. The defense in the main was very good. Again, they gave out late in the season. They gave up 34 points to the Chiefs. They gave up 37 points to the Chiefs. I mean, you can kind of forgive those. They gave up 28 points to the Chargers. Um, That was actually in the game they won. But the weird one was them giving up 51 points to Baker Mayfield's Rams. I mean, that was when the season was basically spiraled completely out of control and it was a strange freak game. Don't want to give them too much uh, penalty for that one. They held their opponent under 20 points eight times and they lost six of those games, (laughs) which was not how you draw things up in the NFL. Played some very ugly football. Coming into the offseason, they've got $12 million in cap space or so. They've only got five draft picks and the first draft pick they have is pick number 68. Obviously, these are all products of the trade for Wilson, which has cost them high-end draft capital. Not a very good situation coming into the offseason. Tim, 2022 for Denver, almost as bad as it gets if you're a fan of a team. Any thoughts on their on-field performance and where they go from here? I will say 
they looked a little better at the end of the year. That's definitely true. So I, I there's nothing I love more than making fun of Russell Wilson. Um, literally, there's no, I would rather do a whole podcast making fun of Russell Wilson than do a podcast after the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Like this that, is you're a strange, strange man. But we'll carry on with how were the Broncos last off se- how how were the Broncos last season, Tim? Let's stay on task here. <laughs> they they did win two of their last four despite getting beaten by fifty points or something by Baker Mayfield as well. Yeah, um, one of those games was in that week eighteen game against the Chargers, right? Where the Chargers played all the stars but didn't actually have to because they'd already clinched the postseason and couldn't move their draft slot. So that was a strange game. But yes, they did still win it. And they won it. Yeah, no, I mean, they were terrible. Obviously, they were terrible. The offense was terrible. They've got to get it sorted. They did have some injuries. They did have, a, apparently, a terrible head football coach. At least they decided they had a terrible head football coach. It'll be interesting to see. I was reading, in preparation for this podcast, other people's views on the offseason for the Broncos, and they said, it's Operation Salvage Russell Wilson. And I think that's absolutely the theme looking forward. You, We, we joke. You're not getting rid of him. He's your guy. He's got to play. He makes too much money. Um, he was a serviceable quarterback a season ago. He can be a serviceable quarterback again. So I think going forward for them, it has to be, how do you make this work better for him? You think about how they did it in Seattle was solid running game, good offensive line, solid defense, you know, and let him make some wow plays from here from time to time. And I think that has to be where they head. Luke, I don't know what you've got looking forward to the 2023 offseason. Yeah, another offseason of change, like you say, in the head coaching department, Sean Payton coming in and being paid a bazillion dollars by the Waltons. Ejiro Avero out as defensive coordinators, one definitely to keep an eye on. He went off to the Panthers to join Frank Reich's staff, obviously had Vic Fangio before that. So that's been a real strength of this team. And can they keep rolling on with that uh, as Sean Payton turns over the staff? Interesting. Roster-wise, their biggest areas of need I had for them was kind of trench play on both sides of the ball. So interior of the defensive line, the irony of this is they had Shelby Harris, who they traded to Seattle as part of the Russell Wilson trade and then played really well. Um, But now they've created a void in that position that they don't have a fill in player for particularly. Pass rush, the leading sack artist, if you will, one of the strangest phrases in the NFL, but we'll go with it, was Draymond Jones, um, who's an interior guy who you know, is a good player and can fill some of that interior D-line role, but not on his own. They traded Bradley Chubb to Miami, ostensibly because they're going to run out of money when the Russell Wilson contract takes its toll on this team. uh, Baron Browning showed some promise as a pass rusher, but he's not a true pass rusher. Maybe they can convert him into one. He was more of a linebacker in college, so it'd be interesting to see if that continues. Randy Gregory was the other big pickup, only played in six games due to injury. So, how much you're going to rely on him going into next year i'm not sure but they definitely hope to get better production on the offensive line garrett bowles is coming back their right tackle cam fleming started 15 games last year he's a free agent calvin anderson who's another tackle who started seven games for them is a free agent dalton reisner the guard is also a free agent now you might say this is a offensive line that allowed 63 sacks last year which was the most in the nfl How many of these guys do you particularly want to bring back from last season, which is fair, but in either case, you're going to need to have someone up there to block. Russell Wilson takes a lot of sacks. Ask any Seattle fan about that. So that's part of the problem. But at the same time, you do have to do a better job protecting him because you have hitched your wagon to this guy for the next couple of years. So to your point, Operation Salvage Russell Wilson includes protecting him as well as you can, because as he's getting older, you can't have him do the thing he used to do in Seattle, which was take a 
shitload of hits and just expect him to keep getting back up and keep getting back up. He's started to miss some games the last few years where he never did before. So sometimes that's just the compounding of injuries over time. In terms of other areas of need, and I'll throw to you, Tim, if you've got any others, have backup running back or spell running back behind Javante Williams, who is awesome, but it's coming off a torn ACL. Often that takes a while for guys to come back. Uh, a year plus, we're often told. Melvin Gordon was let go during the season. Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, Marlon Mack all played a bit. They're all free agents. The other position I had was receiver. Now, they've got Tim Patrick, got Colton Sutton, but the reason I put receiver is because there's rumors about them trading Jerry Judy. He hasn't really lived up to the billing as a high first round selection. There were some famous clips of him flipping out on the sideline last off uh, last season. He's had some drop issues. I think the offense as a whole lacked an explosive element, so maybe they look to add a receiver as well. So those were the the, the areas of need that I had highlighted. I appreciate that's about half a roster, but I don't know if you had any others. A uh, quarterback was one that <laughs> yes, I, I knew you, I should have known. Written down. Um, I don't know if you know Russell Wilson not have a great year last year. I mean, in all seriousness, you do have to think about the backup spot there at some level, right? I yeah, mean, Brett, if, if Brett Rippon's a free agent. Yeah, if Russ doesn't play well, they're not going to win game. I mean, you don't you're not thinking if Russ doesn't play well, but he has had injury issues the last couple of years. He isn't as mobile as he once was. You're not protecting him as well as you'd like to. I do think at in in seriousness that the quarterback room does probably need another body back there who's capable um and, you know, it has happened before. You have benched all-star former all-star players um, for the other guy. And so having another guy who can run the Brock offense Osweiler is going to be important. In Denver, no less. Did yeah. this very thing when Peyton Manning to was Peyton there, Manning. Right? Yeah. It's at some point, I'm joking because I hate Russell Wilson, but I'm serious that for the team, you've got a lot of money tied up in that spot, but you know you need a guy behind him, especially if it's not working. That can't just be you know, a no-experience rook. You need a vet back there who can come in and spot duty, can come in and, you know, get things going if if Russ can't get it turned around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the cut candidates on this team aren't, don't abound. The main one is Chase Edmonds, who they brought in from the Dolphins, part of the Bradley Chubb trade. They could save $6 million with no dead cap. He's not really done anything for them. I, even though they do need a backup running back, I'm not sure if you're going to pay a guy $6 bucks to back up Javante Williams. That doesn't seem like a very good allocation of resources. Um, Russell Wilson... $110 million if you want to cut him, Tim, if you're interested. So I don't think that's probably on the agenda, but certainly definitely the issue, on the list of ones to consider. Certainly concerning will be the fact that the cap hits continue to increase as we look at free agents. Mentioned Dalton Reisner, I think he's a guy they want to bring back. Draymond Jones was their highest rated interior pass rusher as per PFF. So a, a guy who led them in sacks a year ago, you would think they want to bring him back to kind of bolster the pass rush as they maybe add a couple extra bodies in that position as well. Yeah, but Russell Wilson's contract uh, does remove some of your ability to allocate future dollars next year his cap hits 35 million bucks the year after it's 55 million dollars then they can cut him and they still have to take a 31 million dollar dead cap hit to do that so it's not a great situation his contract could bring a tear to a glass eye (laughs) it's not the best um so i think free agency wise the best that they can do is probably try and look for some value know that they're going to be in a little bit of cat purgatory in the next couple of years. Um, I don't know if you had any other impending free agents of, of note for them, but I don't think it's a roster which is losing high level of talent across the board outside of the two guys that I mentioned. 
Yeah, I mean, the only guys I had as potential cap challenges, I didn't have any other FAs they need to worry about so much. But Graham Glasgow is a guard for them. He's got a pretty sizable cap hit. Um, obviously, given the challenges they had on offense, you're certainly not worried about losing guys on that offensive line. I think they could use um, some improvement there. The other one I had was Ronald Darby. Um, now You talk yeah. about defense was a strength here, but that's quite a bit of money to get a $12 million cap hit. Almost all of that is uh, you get backable um, if you cut him. And so I think there, he's an option um, as a cut, potential cut candidate to free up some cash. The Broncos are kind of middle of the pack for salary cap space and freeing up an additional about $20 million between Glasgow and Darby if they were to make those choices. You got to replace them if you do. So it's what can you get for that money? Can you get better players? I think they probably can. Um, Glasgow would be a, ahead of him, a Darby on that list for me, but those are the other two that I had. Yeah, I think that uh, makes some logical sense to your point. You have to think about the void you create by letting someone go as well. So some balancing needs to be done um, on that front. As far as gap filling, we mentioned you know being judicious maybe in the free agency market um, because certainly this year you don't have tons of money to work with. I mean, next year it looks like they'll have a lot more to play with, but obviously between now and then you have to sign a lot more players. So not going to be as uh, accurate when you start looking at those future year cap forecasts because the rosters are like less than half full. It's quite a deep free agency running back class. We mentioned it uh, on a couple of other podcasts, specifically the Raiders one, about the options that are available. So maybe as that complimentary piece to Javante Williams, you go into the veteran market, you get a guy who is a, a solid number two who can give you some some play, especially early in the year while Williams is recovering. Um, next year, they're back to having early picks again. So I am curious to see if they decide to, unfortunately, mortgage more of the future for the present uh, and go more aggressive in the offseason this year. There's certainly an argument you could make. If you feel like Russell Wilson is on the downward trajectory but is still good enough to get you somewhere, you better act now. So if you've got a first next year, frankly, a first-round rookie next year is only going to be good for you probably in 2025. So if you don't think long-term Russell Wilson is going to still be there, you may as well throw your hat, throw your hat, all your chips, your car keys, your life savings in the ring right now and hope for the best. So I do wonder if that future draft capital gets sold off as well in the effort to win right now i wonder if sean payton takes that approach as well very interested to see how he and george payton and crew try and turn this thing around in denver because on paper it's pretty tough and short of a big turnaround from the qb i think they're gonna have a bit of a tough time next season as well but for the off season they have a few options um interested to see where they go as they try and salvage this thing from the wreckage of 2022 did we mention Russell Wilson sucks in football? I think you may have alluded to it a few times. We'll have to check it in the edit. Most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL, folks. That'll wrap it up for us on the Denver Broncos 2022 <laughs> season recap, 2023 offseason preview. Apologize to all of our Broncos fans. It's going to be a tough offseason uh, for you. At the end of the day, the biggest problem you have, probably not one you're going to be able to fix unless Russ gets his game in order. We've got 32 of these coming at you. So if this is the first one you've listened to, thanks. Find the other 31. If it's you're in the middle somewhere, find another team. We appreciate you guys checking them out. Uh, let us know how you feel about the shorter form content. Follow us on the socials. Hit us up on the email. Um, like, subscribe, favorite, rate, review, all that good stuff. But until next time, we will catch you later. Bye.